Welcome, everyone, to the second episode of the Free Throw Line podcast, where we discuss Suns basketball and NBA news. I'm your host, Aaron, here today trying to record this episode for the second time with only one co-host, and that is Jared. What is up? Back at it again? Yep, back at it again. Uh, First off, I, on behalf of both Jared and I, would like to wish our listeners and their families a happy and safe Thanksgiving this coming Thursday. All right, and we're going to start off our first segment, which is what I like to call, it is a new segment, I, I like to call Longest Streaks of the Week. Now, this isn't streaking naked, this is streaks winning and losing, okay? I'm sure our, our listeners, including Jared, would like to see some long streaks, but not but not in this podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so, Longest Losing Streak is going to be the Rockets on a 14-game losing streak, only with one win in their entire season. Unsurprisingly to me, um, they're heavy rebuilding mode. They're even the veterans they have on their team, the very few veterans, all suck. And the rookies and the even second-year players, none of them can really play that well. So, unsurprisingly, they're in last place in the league with only one win. Uh, Jared, what do you think uh, really lowered the Rockets into last place? Yeah, kind of what you said. The veterans not doing what they're thinking, and the rookies are not performing well, and the second-year players are not performing well. Everyone is just not performing well. So that's just a big thing. You need to perform well to win games. As Man. <sighs> Mind blown, man. Yeah. Harden really took down that franchise. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. John Wall. So did John Wall. Yeah, he did. So. He did. But isn't he still on there? But he's just not he playing. still is. Yeah, he's just injured. He's either injured yeah. or not playing. He's one of the two. I th- I'm pretty sure he asked to not play so he could, like, recuperate his body or something. I think so, yeah. Um, all right. Longest winning streak. The Suns. Yes, let's go Suns with a 12-game winning streak. Winning streak? Yes, I think that's what you call it. Um Absolutely amazing play from the Suns. They started off one and three, not so great, but then they really pulled it together for this 12-game winning streak and still counting. Uh, We play the Spurs tonight, and that should be a win for the Suns. Uh, Maybe extend that that streak to 13 wins. Um, And this streak started with DeAndre Ayton out. So great play from uh, the bench of the Suns. Um, although Frank Kaminsky did get did get injured and will be out for a while, uh, but I still feel Suns can power on without Kaminsky. Um, Jared, what do you got? Probably, yeah. Ian's back. He's looking good, and I think they're all good. But basically, you lose a soul for a soul. But yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Uh, predictions from last episode. Uh, Jared and I, we both tied five for seven. Very good, very good. And Cade, last place, three for seven. Unbelievable. I know. Sub 500, what is this? Um, anyways, uh, predicting the winners for tomorrow's games, which is, if I can remember the date, which is the 23rd of November. Um, there's only four games. So it should be nice and quick if we don't ramble on about it. Um, Heat versus Pistons, pretty obvious one. I'm going to go with Heat. Uh, Even with the Pistons getting mad with the uh, kerfuffle with uh, LeBron, I still feel like they'll fall to Jimmy Butler's Heat. 
Um, and that's not a sexual reference. Um, but yeah, I think the Heat have this one in the back. Jared, what do you got? Yeah, I got the Heat too. Just keeping it safe. So, with this pick. So. Okay. All right. Lakers versus Knicks. Uh, pretty even one. They're both uh, pretty much have the same record. I believe the Lakers only have one more game than the Knicks. And yes, that would be the case. The Lakers are 9 and 9, Knicks are 9 and 8. Um, with that being said, though, I will go with the Knicks uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm hoping the Knicks are just power together as a team to knock off the Lakers, who, which are not really playing that well, but still a hard team to beat for teams like the Knicks who don't have the biggest star power. Um, so maybe R.J. Barrett will go on fire, but I'm hoping for just a team collective win. Uh, from the Knicks instead of just uh, R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett uh, catching fire. Uh, Jared, what do you got? Yeah, I got the Knicks too. I mean, the Lakers, they barely beat the Pistons, even with LeBron ejected. So yeah. I think I'm going Knicks here too. You don't need superpower. If the Knicks play as a team, they'll beat the Lakers team, which is a two, three-man team, basically. So <laughs> Two-man team with a, with a handicap. With a handicap, Westbrook, yes. Yeah. Yes, because Westbrook sucks. He just brings them down. Um, All right, Nuggets versus Trailblazers. Another relatively even one. They have the same record, but the Nuggets do have the tiebreaker over the Trailblazers. I believe this matchup was in our last uh, predictions, wasn't it? This Um, matchup? Good question. I I don't know. I think it was. Do you know who won? Uh, The Nuggets did win. I think we all okay. picked Nuggets, so. Okay, but is Jokic still injured? Uh, most likely. Did he not play in the game? He didn't play against the Suns. His wrist was injured. And he's, he's listed as day-to-day, so he may play, he may not. And I that mean, definitely hinders the Nuggets. And it's back-to-back days. So. Yes. Well, no, it's not back-to-back. They oh, have well, a day of rest. They have a day of rest, but yeah. yeah. I still don't. I, I'm going Blazers. I don't. I don't think he's gonna play. I th- I'm going Blazers here. Dame Lillard will get the revenge from that other game, so I'm going Blazers. Okay. So. Um, I'm gonna go Nuggets. Uh, because I think Jokic will come back and Dame will have an off night. I just that feeling, that gut feeling. Uh, probably wrong, but you know I'll go with it. I just and you just gotta go with it. You go with your gut sometimes. So I'm going with it. Uh, Clippers versus Mavericks. Uh, if you asked this question about a week ago, most people probably picked the Mavericks, but the Clippers have overtaken the Mavericks. So uh, with that knowledge, I'm going to go Clippers because I feel like they're uh, hotter than the Mavericks because the Mavericks are on a three-game losing streak. Uh, and I feel like the Mavericks don't have the greatest big men. Um, Porzingis is not really playing that well. And I forget the name of the other big man on the Mavericks. Uh, Dwight Powell. Uh, I think so. I think that's his name. Um, even though though, uh, I still think Zubak can uh, shut down Porzingis. Uh, even though Zubak is not the greatest player. Uh, so I'm gonna go Clippers on this one. Uh, Jared, what do you got? Hmm. Is Luca injured? Is that why I'm? 
I'm looking at like that's their stats in their last game and Lucas not appearing, so I don't know if he's just injured. He might be, I don't know. But uh, if he's still injured, yeah, I'm gonna go with the uh the Clippers too. As much as I love the Mavericks and what they're doing with Luca and everything, but if he's not playing Yeah, he's listed as out for his ankle. Okay, yeah, so the end we're going Clippers then. So he has hopes to play against the Clippers, but it's not likely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go. Okay, so you're going Clippers? Yeah. Okay. All right, we have the same exact – all right, well, never mind. No, we don't have the same exact picks. We differ mm-hmm. on the Nuggets-Blazers game. Mm-hmm. So we'll see who wins that. Um, moving on, um, our first discussion topic, and that's not related to picking games – is Frank Kaminsky, his injury, his stress reaction in his right knee. Now, if you don't know what a stress reaction is, uh, it's both you, Jared, and our audience. Uh, it's the pre-telling uh, symptoms to a stress fracture, which is pretty det- detrimental to any sports player. So it's good they caught it now, and it didn't cause some uh, career-ending injury. Um, so uh, that will take 68, or six, not 68, six to eight weeks to recover. Um, so he will be out till about mid to late January, uh, which would mean the Suns have two centers with long-term injuries. Um, but even then, the, the Suns do have both Aiton and uh, JaVale McGee. So I still think they'll be fine in the center department. But if one of those two centers do get injured, then the Suns are in heavy trouble. Um, but... With that being said, Jared, do you think the Suns will make a trade or just sit tight with their current situation? I, I, I don't think they do. I think this is the core. They have the chemistry together, obviously, with their 12-game winning streak and everything. I think they just keep it the same. I don't, if, like, in tears his ACL, then that's fine. <laughs> that would be very detrimental. That would be very – yeah, obviously. But, like, I think I think they just keep the same, honestly. McGee's been pretty well. Ains come back. He's looking normal. I think from right now, I think he is. I think they're gonna keep their like center men together because they'll get Sarge back. I don't know, maybe this year, if not, uh, maybe, maybe if baby playoffs, maybe. But other than that, yeah, there's really nothing else. I think they just keep it the same. So. Yeah. Uh. So you think even if Aiton were to get injured, mm-hmm. that. Like the Suns would just keep like their starter Javel and then their backup yeah. sticks. Yeah, maybe give rookie Jalen Smith a try, who's been bench warming. But other than that, I think they just stay with the same group. Okay, um, I, I just gotta say, I I I really miss Sarge. He could really post up Jokic. Uh, <laughs> that was just something funny to watch to have someone smaller than Jokic post him up. Um, and, and he's just a nice guy, you know, he loves playing in the NBA. So I, it was very disheartening to see him get injured. Um, but moving on, uh, 16 games into the regular season, the Suns have surpassed last season's longest win streak by any team, which was 11 wins by achieving 12 wins and still counting. Uh, well that, with that knowledge, do you, do you, Jared, think the strong play from the Suns? Will carry them swiftly into the postseason, or do you think this is uh, leftover momentum from last season and will leave the Suns burnt out at the end of the season? 
Uh, I think they keep it going for a while. I mean, like, you look at their next couple matchups, you get the Spurs on the day of we're recording this, you get the Cavaliers on Wednesday, and then you get a break from Thanksgiving, and then they play New York. I think it keeps okay. going for three more games. Uh, is that is that Here's... Nets or, or Knicks? Knicks. I think I said Knicks. Okay. Well, either way, they play the Nets the day after the Knicks. So that could be a possible loss, but if they just keep it going, I think they go for a while. So Even that would be they... like a that would be a minimum fifteen game point streak. Yeah. If if they do beat the Nets, I still don't think they're gonna beat the Warriors though, because you got back to back games where you're playing arguably one of the best two teams. You gotta go cross country in one night. Uh well no, it's like Saturday to Tuesday. I'm just saying oh, their next okay. game. That's fair. Schedule, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So Sun's streak is gonna continue to at least fifteen wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that it's probably gonna the Suns are probably gonna experience, experience their first losses in a while. Um oh, or first loss in a while. Hopefully it's just loss, but um that you didn't really answer the question about end of the season. Like yeah, you talked season. about next week. I mean, they could. I mean, with the way they're playing right now, they could eventually maybe get to a top seed spot, like second, like they saw last year. Maybe get third, maybe one less from last year, or maybe even get first. Maybe they surpass the Warriors if the Warriors go down. But other than that, well, I maybe, think they do continue it. But. Yeah, maybe someone on the Warriors gets injured. You know, since they've already had injuries, I don't think the Warriors have had any major injuries. Yeah. Um, so maybe. You know, I'm not hoping for this because this is a terrible thing to hope for. But maybe, you know, Steph Curry, uh, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green get injured, you know, maybe, maybe. Because um, they are getting up there in age. I'm not saying they're old, but they are on the older side of NBA players. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, Luke Walton, head coach of the Kings, got fired a couple of days ago. Um, do you think it is overdue, uh, the right time, or premature? It's the right time. I don't think he's a good coach. You see it. You see the couple years ago when he was with the Lakers, and that was before LeBron and everything, and they still were ass. But I don't think he's a good coach. He can't work okay. with what's around him and anything. He's tried it. I mean, he's got Fox and Buddy Heald and a bunch of good players on the Kings that – Maybe could sneak him in a playoff spot, but I think Luke yeah. Walton's the person that's holding him back. Yeah, I agree. They, I do think they can sneak into the playoffs with a new coach if this coach is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 pro- I don't think I answered the last question. Uh, I'll answer it pretty quick. Uh, I do think the momentum uh, will carry the Suns into the playoffs and they'll do well with the chemistry uh, because um, even with a couple losses, the Suns will still be in together. For wins. Um, anyways, with this Luke Walton situation, I think it's overdue. I think the Kings already had enough time before this this uh, last or past week to realize that Luke Walton is not good for as a head coach for the Kings. Now, maybe as an assistant coach, because I do think his uh, skill set is more um, tendered, not tendered, centered around an assistant coach position instead of a head coach position. Um, cause it's, even his attitude, attitude seems to me like a assistant coach, uh, attitude. Um, so yeah, I do think it's overdue. Maybe instead of firing Luke Walton, they just demote him to a, assistant coach, but I do feel that would cause some tension between the new 
uh, head coach and Luke Walton. So I, I do understand why they did fire him. Um, and, you know, with the star power the Kings have, with the young star power the Kings have, a, a new head coach would definitely, or most likely, but not definitely, because they could be hiring an even worse coach, uh, but will probably help the Kings push into the uh, play in tournaments. Uh, maybe not the playoffs, but definitely the play in turn. Uh, yeah, play in games. All right. Um, and the Lakers versus Pistons game, uh, as many people probably already know, uh, LeBron got ejected for striking Isaiah Stewart and drawing a significant amount of blood. And I mean, like, it looked like a UFC fight had taken place on Stewart's face. So there's quite a lot of blood, uh, especially in basketball terms. Um, uh, Jared, I already know you're going to say LeBron as the answer to this question. But who do you think was more in the wrong uh, in this altercation, LeBron or Stewart? LeBron. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I already knew you were going to say that. Uh, could, you, could you elaborate the obvious reasons for why you say that? Okay, yeah. So if you look back at the play, so they're, they're both going for a rebound, which a lot of guys do in the league. But LeBron, <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> Goes up with the elbow, hits him in the face. Was that necessary? Not really. Because the play ended, they got the rebound, and the Lakers were going to go down or whatever, or they made it, I don't remember what the play was. But I think it was very unnecessary to do that. Yeah, they were pushing and shoving off each other. I mean, one's boxing out the other, but I think it was very unnecessary for LeBron to do that. That's all I yeah. guess. Yeah, I, I agree. So, Stewart is pushing LeBron trying to get some leverage for the rebound on his chest. His chest, you know, a nice protected area. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, in response to this, LeBron uh, flings his elbow, strikes uh, Stewart on the forehead with his elbow, and then during his follow-through, scratches Stewart with his hand on his mouth, uh, nose, and eye. Um, so a complete face shot. Um, so... Do I think a push in this in the chest, uh, you know, maybe maybe not a necessary push, but a push in the chest matches the retaliation of a elbow and a scratch? No, absolutely not, especially on the face. Um, so I do think LeBron is more in the wrong here. Now, Stewart being, being pretty hot after the play, uh, pushing people off of him, trying to get to LeBron, running through the arena, uh, the tunnels in the arena, trying to get back on the court. Was that over the top? Yes. But, you know, what else was over the top? LeBron's initial strike. So, uh, should both of them have gotten ejected? Absolutely. Um, Should further punishment, like suspensions or fine? Actually, they both were already fine. But should additional punishments like a suspension happen? Yes. I do think uh, LeBron should get suspended uh, for, for one game. Um, Because it is very unnecessary. Um, Stewart, I think, a fine is enough because, uh, you know, he was justifiably mad uh, for getting, you know, struck in the face and and getting bloodied up. It's not like he punched someone back, so it wasn't really that big of a problem on Stewart's part. Uh, So, yeah, definitely LeBron in the wrong here. Uh, so now we go on to general discussions where, you know, maybe some people will think we're crazy, but I, they probably already thought that before. So do you think Kyrie for Simmons 
that trade is feasible. Uh, if not, do you have a trade idea um, if the Nets wish to get rid of Kyrie, assuming assuming they can get get uh, Kevin Durant's approval? Uh, Jared. Nah, that's a terrible trade. <laughs> like it, it's yeah, it's what all the playing. NBA announcers seem to think is going to happen. Nah, I don't think it's going to happen. Really, but... that's not going to happen. Kyrie's yeah, just going to so. be Kyrie's going to stay. Simmons is Ben Simmons, but <laughs> so I don't think that's, that's a terrible trade. It's a loss for both sides because Kyrie's mm-hmm. fighting the vaccine and not getting it. Simmons is just being Ben Simmons. And not wanting to play for the Sixers. I mean, it would be a new thing for Simmons, but I think Durant is... If Simmons does anything wrong, Durant's just going to be like, why did I do this? Not going to be a good trade for either team, but... Yeah, and uh, just saying uh, Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons is, is a great explanation. Like, it, people who know his story, it's it's spot on. You know, nothing more uh, he needs help. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, I think the a more feasible trade is uh, in, uh, not saying they will try trade Kyrie because I do think he stays. But if they do want to get rid of him, uh, Kyrie to the Pacers for Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner, uh, because that would give the Nets a return on the point guard and also give them Miles Turner, who is a pretty good, uh, relatively young player. Um. But that being said, I feel like the Nets would have to give the Pacers a pick back uh, because uh, without picks, that would be pretty one-sided for the Nets. Because um, I, 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 you know, sometimes I think Kyrie's overrated, but sometimes I think he's uh, properly rated uh, because I, when I watch him, it doesn't really sound. It, he doesn't really look like a like a Chris Paul of basketball or. With some other point guard, I did Lillard. You know, he doesn't. It doesn't look as good as Lillard because his shooting's not the greatest. Um, so yeah, definitely Kyrie for Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner. Um, so Ricky Rubio, another point guard of the league. Um, is it possible for Ricky Rubio to salvage his career? Now I, I say salvage his career because he's he's been playing on pretty terrible teams. Uh, in it, throughout in his entire career, um, so like e- even though Rubio was great for the Suns during the bubble, uh, I don't feel like Rubio was a good enough point guard to replace point guards on contender teams, uh, which is unfortunately for Rubio, um, contender teams is what will savage Rubio's career, um, and he won't make it on onto those teams unfortunately. Um, Rubio is truly a good enough player to pay, but not to keep, uh, which yeah, many play people have said, and I just want to further that comment. Uh, Jared, what do you got on this Rubio situation? I mean, yeah, he's he's always been like an underrated guy for me throughout the league. Yeah, sure, the war the, he could have been the Warriors, but, you know, the Timberwolves passed on Curry, but it's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's just a, like, good underguard point guard that can either come off the bench to do really well, or he can get you a bunch of assists, which is basically what he did in the bubble with Devin Booker on his side, so. Right, but even then, 
with all the, all his assists, I, I don't think it's good enough for a contender team. Oh yeah, probably not. Yeah. But. All right. Uh, many awards can be given to players, coaches, and staff throughout the NBA, uh, namely the Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh, the question is this: Why is there a Defensive Player of the Year award and not an Offensive Player of the Year award? I, I think that's because offense changes from year to year more than defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's just it still seems weird. Like you got this opportunity to have another great award that's meaningful for players and fans, but they just don't do it. Uh, Jared, what do you think that is? It's kind of like the MVP. That's basically the offensive player of the year, like the best player on any team that's going to go out and score points, go out and play defense. I think that's probably why they're not doing it because it's probably just a waste of time of what an MVP could be, MVP slash offensive player of the year. But that's usually what it is throughout the years. Like last year, who won MVP last year? Jokic? Jokic. Yep. Look at his stats, all offense. So I think it's kind of a mix MVP slash offensive player of the year. So. All offense, yeah, he still can't dunk. All right. Um, yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> okay. a fair point. Um, I, I just don't think it's funny. It's just so tall, and it's labeled as a great center, but can't dunk. Um, anyways, um, yeah, it's a good point. MVP really is the offensive player of the year. Where I, I, I didn't think about that, but it, it, it really is a pretty valid statement because it does make sense. Um, for a while now... The NBA has been hinting at a mid-season tournament. Um, is this a good idea? I say absolutely not because yeah. mid-season teams are trying to build chemistry. They're trying to uh, solidify for the playoffs, and a mid-season tournament will just stress their system to maybe a point where teams can't recover for playoff time uh, because mm-hmm. you're just you're you're pretty much just cutting a season in in half. You know, what's the point of having an 80-game season, 82-game season uh, when you you have a playoffs in the middle of it? Might as well have a 41-game season. Um, So, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea in the slightest. Uh, Jared, what do you think? Yeah, same point. It's kind of dumb. That's what the All-Star game is for. That's what the All-Star weekend is for. You just have team time off. You heal your body, whatever. Fans still get something out of it where they can go watch the dunk contest, the skills challenge, the three-point contest, and then the all-star game where just they just mess around, not really try hard enough. But that's what the all-star is for. If you just replace the all-star with that tournament, it's going to get stressed on players. They're going to have to play a lot more. I think it's just a really dumb idea. Players are going to get injured, injured, whereas players in the in the All Star game rarely ever get injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, especially if the tournament has an impact on on, on teams' outcomes in the league. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, who will be the next NBA player to score fifty or more points in one game for the first time in their career? Who do you think, Jared? It's kind of hard. It um, is hard. That not 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 in a sexual way. Yes, obviously. Um, and Trey Young, maybe, because he's just electrifying and stuff. But Luca would probably be the most obvious answer. But I'm gonna go a whole nother path. I'm gonna go Trey Young. Uh, he already he uh Trey Young already scored 15 a game. He did. 
Oh. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, then, Luca. There you go. I don't Luca. Know. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna also go Luca. It's it's an obvious choice uh, here because Luca's already scored 46 in a game, so four more points isn't that big of a stretch. Um, and also, the Mavericks largely depend on Luca. So if you were to score 50 points in a game, it would help them in that game. Um, so they're already handing Luke with the ball all the time. So he may as well score, score 50, 50 points. Um, so, yeah, definitely Luca. Uh, is Carl Anthony Towns the next superstar to ask for a trade to get out of Minnesota? Because there's been a lot of superstars there that didn't like their team, asked for a trade, and just to get out of their rebuilding team or selling team. So is Carl Anthony Towns the next player? Yes. Uh, I think yes. Yeah, I think yes. Because maybe maybe going on last episode, Carl Anthony Towns gets traded for Aiden, for Aiton, uh, which would be a win-win because uh, Timberwolves get rid of the Cat problem and Suns gain a better center. Because I do think Cat is better than, than Aiton. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I do think Conley Towns is the next superstar to ask for a trade because every other superstar is either in a, in a team where they ask to be there or a team that's not doing horribly mm-hmm. other than the Timberwolves. So, yeah, I do think it's Timberwolves. Or, uh, not the Timberwolves. I do think it's Cat that is the next player. What do you think, Jared? Yep, same thing. Yep, I think it's, uh, I think it's about time that – they thought they were gonna build around them, and they failed. So I think it's their time. I think it's his time to say, "I want out of here. I want a new thing. I want to go win games and go to the playoffs." So I think it's time for him to ask for that trade. Yeah, and uh, do you think it's it's really fair in the grand scheme of NBA teams for superstars to ask out of a small market team so they can go play with other superstars in a big market team? I don't think it's fair, but I understand why players do it. Um, because after all, it is a player. This this sounds horrible, but players are assets to the franchise. Yeah. So when a franchise can't retain an asset, they have to lose it. And you know, even in business, without when when we're talking money and and, and buildings. It is. It does suck as a business to lose an, a major asset, like it would be for a franchise in the NBA to lose a superstar, especially when they're a small franchise and they base their entire team around that superstar, which is what the Timberwolves did. So yeah, I don't. I don't think it's fair, but I see why people do it, and I understand that it's going to become a big part of the NBA, not unless some revolutionary rule takes place, which I doubt Adam Silver would do because he's all about the good money. Um. What do you think, Jared? Yeah, I think I have to agree with you there. But yeah, most of these guys they want to win championships. That's what they grinded for. That's why they came into the league. They want to win the championship so their name could be in history. So I think if they can't do it in a small town like Min- or a small market in Minnesota, with only probably what Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell, it's gonna be hard for them to do that. Yeah, very, very hard. I think it's just – I think it's time for him to do it. But. Yeah. All right. Going from one young superstar to the next, uh, Zion Williamson has been sent to the free throw line more times than any other NBA player since 1999. Why do you think this is, Jared? 
good question. I don't know. I'm surprised it isn't Giannis. But yeah, I am you know. too, man. Um, I swear, in the playoffs it was always Giannis at the free throw line, taking freaking for ever. Yeah, but it's I I actually didn't know that, but okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's a big chunky dude. He can get a lot of people to reach out and hit him or something. I don't know, but I don't have a great reason. But honestly, yeah, I say I think it's because he's big and he's and he has some speed on him. Um, so the refs don't really know when a big know what to do when a big guy runs into a uh, same size or small guy going blazing down the court. Um, but that being said, I do think uh, Williamson is overrated. You know, call me crazy, but I do think he's overrated. His shooting's not the greatest. Yes, he's all about that close shot dunk and and cleaning the board, but I don't think that's enough for him to bring a championship to a team. Um. Uh, so, it doesn't surprise me that Williamson has been sent to the free throw line. that's not true. It does surprise me that Williamson has been sent to the free throw line so much because there's players that flop like LeBron and players that just get so many foul calls in their favor like Giannis. Oh, boy, do I hate that. Um, yeah, so I am surprised Williamson gets sent to the free throw line so much. And I think the main reason we this surprised us it's because the Suns don't play the Pelicans that much. Uh, yeah, they're they're across the country, uh, so the NBA already doesn't want to send them over there a lot. Uh, different division. Are they in a different conference? I think no, they're they in the same conference. They're same in the same conference. conference. That's yeah. surprising. Um, they probably should be in the Eastern Conference, <laughs> but and they anyways. are on the East Coast, but yeah, yeah, um. Yeah, so I'm I'm surprised, but I can see why people wouldn't be surprised you know, with that statistic. Um, back to the Ben Simmons situation, people are probably sick of us talking about it, but there's just so much to talk about. Uh, if he does return to playing basketball, which would be very surprising, um, should he become a center uh, because of his terrible shooting and his decent fighting size uh, when it comes to the big man position? Or should he stick with the point guard slash small forward position? Um, I think he should switch to the center because the shooting is absolutely horrible, just like Westbrook's absolutely horrible shooting. Um, and the center, being a center, even though he's an undersized center, he could pull out a play like Saric, who is undersized but still plays well in the center position. Because um, his being in a center, he will rarely ever shoot anything farther from a shot below the basket. Um, so he, that would definitely help the shooting percentage, which is already very, very low. Um, so, yeah, I do think that that's something you should do. Jared, what do you think? I think he just stays. I think he just becomes a small forward or even a power forward. But just a forward in general. I don't think he becomes a center. But, okay, you know, what about a... Sure Sarich is a forward too, but... Right, he's a he forward center. Sorry, yeah, he's a forward center. Yeah. But, yeah so, he, so, he, so do you do think? That right, that's what I'm gonna ask. Center, yeah. Right. I think he could do that too, but I okay. think he's more of a forward than he is a center. But. Okay, so like a four-five switch player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. That's that's definitely a better idea. Um. So do you th- one? Okay, this this is a multiple part question. One, do you think the Lakers are broken? Two. Okay, yes, okay. So I do too. So then scrap that first question. Can anything be done 
to fix the Lakers? I say absolutely not. Because no. LeBron cannot carry the team. I don't care how great you say LeBron is. He cannot carry the team. Anthony Davis is overrated. He has his games, but it's he's not uh, consistent enough. Westbrook was a terrible trade. They're getting dragged down by Westbrook, and their bench and, and rest of the starters is not good enough to help the Lakers do anything in the playoffs. Uh, Jared, I know you already say the Lakers are broken. Um, but what do you, what do you, do you think they can be fixed? Uh, honestly, if you just get all those old guys out of here, maybe keep LeBron AD, maybe get some younger guys, maybe just get some, get some young guys in the system. I don't know. They got Malik Monk, who's, I don't know how old he is. He's pretty young, I think. Right. If I'm not mistaken. He is pretty young. Uh, He's on the younger side. Yeah. So I think you could maybe get guys like that that are younger, more towards the younger side, but that can still play a lot. But, yeah, again, just all these 30-plus-year-old guys that are desperate for a championship. Like, Carmelo's on that team. Westbrook's on that team. DeAndre Jordan is on that team. Um, very old players. Very old players that just, you're like, fuck it. We want to win a ring. We go to L.A. But, but they won't. I think at this point, yeah, but they're not going to. Yeah. So. Yeah, Malink Monk is 23-year-old. 23 years old. 23, okay, so. Yeah, so very that pretty. Something they could buy, build around eventually if LeBron. Yeah, but uh, Malik Monk's not the greatest to build around. I mean, just to keep him for a long term cause. Sure, sure, sure. But, yeah. He'll help nonetheless. He'll definitely help, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think Rob Polinka, the general manager of the Lakers, is has the capability of just saying goodbye to his to his old team. And going for a young, uh, long-term team because I do feel like Rob Palinka is running the Lakers as if it's a two K game. He sees a high overall, and he's like, "Hell yeah, I need him." Mm-hmm. Disregarding their play from the previous season, uh, <clears throat> Westbrook. Um, uh, yeah, so I don't think Rob Palinka can fix the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Booker finally back to the Suns. Devin Booker is currently shooting 72.7% in clutch shooting situations, which makes him first in the NBA for clutch shooting percentage. However, even with all of the achievements Booker has earned, and I, oof, I'm really passionate about this question, why do non-Suns fans still say that Booker isn't that great? Because it really doesn't make sense to me. I feel like Booker is a generational talent. He just hasn't been shined upon by the national media. I feel he's just, I'm just so disappointed in the way the national media is centered around LeBron and the Lakers and somehow saying that they're still going to be good. But if you look away from that national media spotlight, there's problem after problem with the Lakers and success after success with Booker and the Suns, but it's just not covered. This 12 win, uh, this 12 win streak, I, you look up NBA news, you got to scroll to the second page of ESPN to find the 12 to, to find the 12 game win streak by the Suns. And then what's on that first page? Is it all Lakers, Lakers Nets? Uh, I bet you the Bucks are there too. The Bucks, the, um, the Timberwolves, and the Pelicans. Okay, the Timberwolves, the, Pel- and Pelicans, the um, Pelicans of which the Pelicans of which have only three wins in the entire season. The Suns only have three losses. 
what the hell ESPN and really just the general NBA spotlight? What the hell? Okay. Yeah. I, I do feel like Booker and the Suns should be getting more attention from the national media. Definitely. Absolutely. Especially with the 72.7% clutch shooting. Like that is absolutely phenomenal for any NBA player, especially a young player like, like Booker. Um, and his mid range is smooth like butter. Whenever he scores, my family has a tradition of saying Booker butter because his shot is really butter. It's so smooth. Um, Jared, what do you say? Yeah, he's a great talent, but I can I could technically say Phoenix is a very small market team. Like, oh, yeah. They just had they had that bubble run, which put them on the map for for the first time since like Steve Nash. Yeah. And you had last year, which put them more on the map. Second place seed went to the finals. This year, I feel like nothing has changed because you got LeBron back. He's like, oh, my God, the Lakers are back. Oh, my God, look at them go. The Nets, oh, my God, look at them go. The Bucks, oh, my God, the champions. The Suns are not getting anything. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like it's a ch- – I think it's time to change. I think the Suns should get more recognition. Yeah, they're a small market team. All the other Arizona team kind of sucks other than the Cardinals. Like, you look at the Coyotes in the NHL. Oh, Coyotes are sucking. Three wins. Diamondbacks are sucking. Three wins so far this NHL season. I know we're not in the hockey thing, but I follow all sports, so I see yeah, all the too. stats and shit. Three wins to the Coyotes. Diamondbacks are tied in last place of the MLB, other than the Orioles. So I feel like this is a very small market team. But yeah, And then the Cardinals are doing well, but... Yeah, and the Cardinals are actually gaining media attention, which is yeah, good. they finally are. So yeah, finally. Um, so maybe if let the season continue, if they continue to do well, I think they do what the Cardinals did. Oh, okay, they're actually doing well. Let's give them some attention. So maybe just give it time. If it if they don't do it by this year, then they got some problems out there. But other yeah. than that, I think I good. I don't think they will this year. Uh, I don't care how how great the Suns do. I don't think the national media will pay any attention to it. And it's a very sad statement um, because, after all, Phoenix is the fifth largest city in the United States. So why is a sports team from the fifth largest city in the United States a small market team? I really don't understand that. But they are. They, they, they're a small market team because they don't get the attention. Um, so, it, like, the NBA media is really trying to push the Bucks and the Timberwolves to become more than a small market team. When all they really are is a small market team. Like, uh, for the recent NBA articles, they're like, oh, Bucks are doing so well. Guess what? The Bucks are middle of their conference. They're not doing well. They're not. No. And guess what Suns are? Number two. No time. You'd rather cover a mid-conference team than a number two team. That's what I really don't understand. Not that I'm okay. That's one of the many things I don't understand. Yeah. But, Suns are number yeah. two in the league, too. Right behind the Warriors. Yeah. So that's something to think about too. But. And the and the Warriors have a well known player in Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand I when the Warriors get the national media coverage oh. because it's Steph Curry. But yeah. when a team can almost match a team with a, a legendary player on it, you gotta you gotta admit like that team must be good. Yeah. But, um, especially all so, the Lakers fans too, calling the Suns overrated too. Yeah, yeah they're like, yeah, we're overrated. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna come back next year. We're gonna win the championship. They're gonna be in the dust. But guess what? Suns in four. 
Oh yeah, baby, Suns and four. And four. Get out. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> guess who's yeah. getting uh, left behind in the dust? The Lakers. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's just something I don't understand. I know a lot of other other Suns fans don't understand. Um, yeah, absolutely, Suns for forever. Um, that guy definitely created a a <laughs> a action figure. in Phoenix. Oh yeah, there is. There's tons. There is. Oh my god. There's T-shirts. Oh, yeah, there's action figures. Damn. Uh, and also the kid that tore off his shirt in the playoffs. Oh, that guy. That guy too, bro. Yeah, he, they're all like Phoenix icons now. All right. Uh, so for this next segment, uh, I have compiled the deepest basketball research that I have ever completed for any player. Why? Because I don't feel like we slammed Westbrook enough. Um, it's that simple. He's just not that good. Uh, but just as a warning, this evidence does get extensive uh, just to make sure I drive home the point. But I, tr- I did try to make it entertaining um, to the best of my ability. So calm down. I'm not reading an essay. This is a basketball podcast podcast after all, not an ELA podcast if that even Might. exists probably uh, it's gotta. probably yeah it probably exists there's probably some ela teacher out there for some college that thinks he's a big shot but it's not he or she or or she or she yeah. um so the stat line i'll be talking about is the ts plus stat line now if you never heard of this that's perfectly fine because neither have i before this uh research but the ts plus stat line is a player's true shooting efficiency compared to league average 100 is league average anything below is below league average anything higher is above league average mm-hmm. um so westbrook's regular season ts plus uh stat line from 2012 to 2017 well before his trade to the lakers um are as follows 102 100 101 100 102 100 so average. very very solid ts plus point Mm-hmm. He's either average or slightly above league efficiency, mm-hmm. and that was all the years uh, in Oklahoma. So, right, right. So he was he was doing good back then in mm-hmm. in the regular season. Now postseason, different story. But I'll get to that. Um, after 2017, though, Westbrook's efficiency drops like a rug. I don't know how to describe it. It just drops. Uh, the following numbers are after 2017: 94, 90. At 95. Now, a significant drop in the years leading up to his trade to the Lakers. So I don't understand why the Lakers traded for him. Uh, but current season in the 2021 season, uh, Westbrook is currently at a career low of 89 on the Lakers. Mm. Is it because he's playing with LeBron and AD? No. Maybe. Because uh-huh. no, no, it's not. Because if you think about it, this is his own efficiency compared to other players across the league at his position. That that's why I like this stat line so much, because it disregards whatever team you're on. Its sole focus is your performance and your performance alone. So that's why I think uh, it's it's just detrimental for the Lakers to have Westbrook right now. Um but his, <laughs> you think those stat lines are bad? No, 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 no. It gets worse. It gets so much worse. That was his regular season. This is his postseason, from all the way back to 2012, before the trade, all the way up to last season. 
97, 98, 96, 91, 89, 84, and 81. Oof. Why, nice. as a GM of a franchise, a major franchise in the Lakers, why would you go out try to trying to find a point guard to take your tr- your team further in the playoffs? Uh, and why would you get a, an 81 point guard in the TS Plus down? An 81. That's below Westbrook's regular season uh, record. That that's it's just absolutely horrendous. Like I, I don't think what I, I don't know, understand why the owner of the Lakers is okay with this general managing job. Mm-hmm. Yes, they got LeBron, but that that shouldn't make up with all this terrible decision making. Um, so. Yeah, now I look. I must admit, yes, Westbrook did have injuries, which affected his play. Mm-hmm. But these injuries just should have been another reason for the Lakers to not trade for Westbrook. I do understand uh, Lakers GM does really love the high overalls and disregards any numbers and injuries. But it, any other GM would surely realize that Westbrook is just too much of a risk for the very, very little and maybe even no reward that he gives the t- any team he's on. Uh, Westbrook's efficiency drop-off is game-breaking for any team trying to win a playoff series, uh, even a regular season game. Uh, his paint scoring efficiency and volume has dropped. His free throw rate has dropped. His free throw efficiency has, has, has cratered. And on top of all this, Westbrook's already – Terrible three-point efficiency has collapsed even further. With all these deficiencies, any any team trying to get a positive impact uh, towards their their record, uh, it, it'll kill all that, especially for the Lakers and, and any future team that Westbrook may be a part of. So I, I know Jared used to be a Westbrook fan, so I'm glad you're not anymore because I, I know this statement, this next statement really hurt you mm-hmm. if you were. Um, as I'm sure my previous statements have uh, already hurt Westbrook fans, but I'm kind of sorry, but also not sorry when I say this, but Westbrook is nothing but dead weight for any NBA team contending or not, especially the Lakers. So now that that I've ranted about Westbrook and and really, I feel supported my, my position here, uh, it's, it's hard to imagine anyone still thinks Westbrook and the Lakers as a whole will go far. Um, or maybe not even make it to the layoff. I'm mumbling there. Or maybe yeah. even not make it into the playoffs. Uh, maybe only the playoff game or play-in game. Or maybe just fall short at the end of the season. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but that being said, Jared, do you think the, Lake, or, yeah, the Lakers still have a chance with LeBron and AD to make it, to make some playoff run, let alone a championship. Okay. Well, here's one thing: they gotta change everything they're doing right now, make a new game plan. Absolutely. Because whatever they're doing, everyone else is figuring it out. And you can say things for the Bucks too. Yep. But I, I think it's too late. I think it's way too late. They could have changed an off season. They could have kept younger guys like Kuzma and Montrezl Harrell. And whatever they're doing in Washington right now, they're going to be having it for them right now. But no, they decide, ooh, Westbrook. 
give me him, please. But I think it's way too late. Yeah, it definitely is way too late. So. And the Wizards definitely won that trade. They're oh, yeah. number thir- will- they're third <laughs> in the Eastern Conference uh, with 11 wins and five losses, which is pretty good. Um, not Suns level. You know, go Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one thing that's surprising to me, uh, Bulls and Nets are tied up first. Uh, Bulls do have the, the game or the, the tiebreaker over the Nets. Mm-hmm. So technically the Bulls are in first place. Now that's uh, that's so surprising to me. Because like that's just a s- phenomenal job from the from the Bulls GM, oh, yeah. um, to pull to put put together a, a current first place team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, um, yeah. See what the do you remember what they were last season? The Bulls um, in the standings. I will see real quick. They were eleventh. They barely missed the playing position. The playing games. They barely missed it. Wow. So, the, so to go from 11th to 1st or 2nd mm-hmm. is great. Uh, you know, and I say um, – okay, I wanted to say Willie Green, but he's our old assistant coach, uh, James Jones. Uh, I, I've been saying uh, – not on the podcast, but outside the podcast, I've been saying James Jones is a phenomenal uh, GM for the work he's done to Phoenix. Uh, but whoever the Bulls GM is, uh, let me just look that up. Um, they're doing fantastically, maybe better than James Jones, but now nah, I'm a Suns fan, so I'm going to say James Jones is doing better. Yeah, James Jones, um, he got that award last year. Yeah, he did get the best GM of the year. Uh, Mark Eversley. Never heard of him, Never but he must him. be good. Obviously, because look what he did with the Bulls team. Right, exactly. So... All right, uh, back to the Suns. Uh, is Mikel Bridges the best cutter in the NBA? I say yes, absolutely, uh, because he cuts to the basket all the time, which draws, uh, which teams are aware of, but it draws the defense uh, for a kick out to a three-point shooter, which Suns three-point shooting is, is fantastic. Or if they don't, if the defense doesn't collapse onto Bridges. It leaves Bridges wide open for the easy dunk or layup. Um, so I do think Mikel Bridges, Mikel Bridges is the best cutter in the NBA because he knows exactly when to do it. Every time he does it, it results in points or at least a wide open shot. Uh, J- Jared, what do you think? Yeah, great point. I got nothing else to say. Just great point. I don't. I couldn't really think of anyone else that could be a contender. Maybe Zach Levine, but. In your sense, with the shooting that the Suns has, I don't think the Bulls have. So, yeah, I think okay. Bridges might be it, but Levine is a close second. I will say though. For a cutter, I don't think Levine cuts much. He does. He does. Yeah, he does. Yes. Okay. Nice to know. Yeah, also, I, I don't watch the Bulls, bit. so I watch a little bit of the Bulls because I I hate I hate Caruso. So. I hate Caruso, so I'm not I'm not watching the Bulls. Uh, okay, I don't hate him. I just don't understand the hype. So whenever I watch, you just turn off the bolt. You just turn off when Caruso's on. The rest of the team is amazing. Lonzo's playing great. Demar Derozan's back to his possibly Raptors form, and then Zach Levine yeah. is just Zach Levine doing some yeah. Zach Levine stuff. But <laughs> in terms of like Zach Levine stuff, yeah. Yep. Um, I still think Lamelo's better than Lonzo. Uh, yeah, but I feel like Lonzo right now is on a better team than Lamelo. 
even with Miles Bridges on the Hornets. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'm just surprised about the Bulls' success this year. Um, Was Mikhail's $90 for four years, which is $22.5 per year, contract extension, but it's backloaded, so it's not really $22.5 per year, but uh, that contract extension, was that a steal, an appropriate cost, or a mistake by the Suns? Uh, I'm going to say it was a steal because uh, Mikel Bridges' progression from the 18 to 19 season to the 21 to 22 season is just constant improvement. It's great. Uh, he goes from 8.3 to 9.1 to 13.5 to 14.6 points per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during those points per game, his field goal percentage increases from each season, uh, increased 14%. From eight from the eighteen to nineteen season to twenty one to twenty two, um, and it's th- that's that's his general field goal percentage. And his three point shooting has increased by ten percent from thirty four percent to forty four percent, which is forty four percent is great from the three point line. Mm-hmm. Um, so assigning him to about a half, or just over a half of a max contract, is is great. It's absolutely fantastic. Especially when you think about how Aiton, who's putting up arguably worse numbers than Mikel, is asking for a max contract. So I do think that that was a steal with Mikel Bridges. And I also do think uh, Aiton should not get a max contract and should just stay with the Suns and st- settle for something less than a max contract. He's not worth it, in my opinion. Uh, Jared, what do you think? Yeah, great, great point. Just him getting better with better coaching, better players around him. I think it's a steal too, but I mean a lot of people are going to be like who is this guy? <laughs> Especially Lakers fans. Especially yeah. Lakers fans because they are all suck-ups for LeBron. They're in their little bubble with LeBron. All they do yep. is, is you know, LeBron not some out. PJ thing, not some PG things with LeBron, but yeah. Yeah, very. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a steal. I mean, Aiden, I think Aiden could have around that same contract as Bridges, in my opinion. Because you said you yeah. have a max contract. We all know that. But if it's something like like hat, like maybe somewhat less, like Bridges did, Mac, I think, look, Aiden I think could Ma- have that. Yeah, I think Max, the son, should give Aiden $30 million per year. That's at the very, very yeah, max because he is nowhere near worth oh, any yeah. more than that. Plus, they need money, too, because I think they need other money, too, just to help surround uh, those three, those four. Paul, Booker, Bridges, and Aiden. Oh, you said Bridges, yeah. 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 So, um, I think something like that where Aiden is like, okay, especially Booker and Paul, too, like, they need to be like, hey, you're not the, you're, you don't need this max contract. You're not that good of a player yet. And we need you yeah. now because we're big contenders for a championship. Yeah, I don't so, think they'll you say you're take... not good enough of a player, but I, I think Paul put it, put phrase it somehow to make DA realize, like, hey, you're needed in this team. You fit this team. You know you fit this team. You know you want to stay here. And you also deep down know you're not, like, you're not going to get that max contract. Exactly. Something like that, yeah. 
like like Other Chris Paul probably say, "Hey, it's too big of a risk to leave the Suns and and most likely uh get half of his current contract, which is already not the biggest contract." Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. What is his contract? Uh 5 year 172 mil. So 172 over five years is going to be. Oh, never mind. It is actually a pretty big contract. Uh, he's already making uh, three fourths of, of a max contract. So I I understand why he wants to jump, but I think he just settles for another three fourths of a max contract, which is like thirty mil. Um, it'll be a hit to his pride, probably. But look, you're making thirty million. Like, even if you're a father, which Aiton is a father, that's well enough money to support a family. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he deserves or really needs the max contract. If he proves himself with that other contract the Suns give him, that he deserves a max contract, then there's a possibility. Then down the road. Where right. Yeah, that, that will go down the road once we get there. Right. We'll figure it out from there. Right. Absolutely. So. I agree. All right, but that's where we'll end this episode. Um, Thank you all for listening, and thank you, Jared, for joining. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, yes, we only have two people this episode, uh, but people are just busy this Thanksgiving week, understandably. Um, Keep in tuned for next episode. I know the second episode was just over a week than than the first episode, but we will still try to get this out weekly or relatively weekly. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and even with the first episode, our podcast has been growing. So continue sharing and continue listening and conversations just keep getting better and better. So, uh, if you, Jared, you want to go ahead and say bye to the audience? All right. Well, I'll see you later. I don't know when I'm going to appear again, but you won't see him. You'll just talk to him. You will hear me again sometime. (laughs) Yeah. You'll hear both of us again. Sometime. Right. Sometime, sometime soon. Uh, But thank you all for listening. Uh, Have a safe and happy Thanksgiving, even if it's just you alone, which sounds pretty sad. But, you know, people live like that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, And thanks for listening. And go Suns. Talk to you all later. Goodbye.